This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back, and we are turning to your money now. You've probably heard his memorable commercials. Now, I have a background as a business reporter, and I was so impressed with Mark Halpern when I heard him at Idea City that I've invited him on the show. Because I thought I knew what I need to know about estate planning until I heard him. And if you want to make sure that your hard-earned money goes to loved ones or to your favorite charities or both, or if you have enough to- uh, money to fund long-term care should you need it, listen up. It's good information and Despite the name of his company, it's not just for rich people. He's happy to take your calls and your questions. The number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I'd like to welcome Mark Halpern. Hi, Mark. Hi, Libby. Okay, so uh, you thought of another topic based on our uh, last conversation. Yeah, it's great to be here. First of all, thanks for having me. I know we talked about this for a while, so it's great to share some ideas that hopefully will benefit your listeners. Okay, so how did you get into this business? So professionally, I've been in practice for almost 30 years, but my real start was 46 years ago, and that's when my father, of blessed memory, actually died of a heart attack at the age of 50. I was uh, I was 11, I was the youngest of four boys, and my mother, who was 48 at the time, had to go back to work to support our family. The reason was he was a busy engineer and uh, didn't have a will in place, there was very little saving and no life insurance, so it was hard for us. But fast forward, I meet people all the time who are very successful or just regular families and professionals. And you would think they'd have it all organized and together. But I would suggest 85% of the time it's not true. They're so busy looking after everybody and everything and taking out the garbage and fixing up the house. When it comes to their own estate planning, they don't have a will. They don't have powers of attorney. Really, they don't even have a will. Because what I find is that even if you have a will, my husband and I have wills. Good for it you. Was, it was the second iteration of it. But hey, uh, it, it's now been... 11 years almost since, since the last one, which, uh, we did, uh, close to midnight the night before I went in for some very, very difficult surgery. It's really time to revisit it. And, and, you know, we're too busy. To- yeah. I, I, I think in my next occupation, I'm going to set up a kiosk at, uh, you know, Pearson airport, just saying wills here. You know, most people get their wills done because they have that trip planned to Puerto Vallarta or they've had some sort of life experience, but nobody likes to talk about this stuff. Let's face it. It's sort of, you know, it's talking about death and, you know, planning and we want to have fun. We want to go to Canada's wonderland and we want to go to, uh, to come down to Zoomer's Zoomer radio and listen to bands play and stuff. But, you know, it, it, it is really important that people take the time to invest a little bit of their attention into this very important planning because the repercussions of not are very great for their families and their children and their grandchildren and, and charities they might be passionate about. Well, uh, you know, it, it's also for young parents because the main thing I would have thought that young parents have it, that it, that if, if God forbid, two of them 
are killed. I mean, the will has to say what happens to these children. I mean, that's, you know, more important than any money thing. Yeah, it is. It's a very important planning document. And most people think about it only when they have some sort of life cycle event. They have a new baby or they buy a house or maybe they've had a near death experience or as you said, you know, possible sickness and there's concerns there. But it, it is something that definitely has to be relooked at. I know my wife and I just did our wills again. This, I think, was our third iteration because now our two oldest children are 23 and 21 and they can be involved in some of the estate administration, right, in terms of being responsible. And uh, it is definitely something that changes, but it, it's something that should be looked at again and again. If you don't have a will in Canada, it's not very good. The government has a formula for how your assets are distributed. And, and it is? What is the formula? Well, if, 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 you have, if you're married and you have a spouse and you have minor children, in Ontario, you're dying called intestate, meaning you don't have a will. The government says that the first $200,000 of your estate goes to your wife, and then the balance gets divided up between your wife and your minor children. And your minor children, their amounts are invested by a public trustee, and it's put into GICs until they're 18, and then they get all the money. So the question is, is that what you'd want to have happen with your kids? Do you want to try to keep the government as far away as possible for your planning? So it just requires getting some ink on paper and speaking Does to the government take a cut? <laughs> well, there, there's many cuts, many cuts. One of them, you know, just to give an example, is we have something in Canada, in Ontario called probate taxes. Yep. If you have a house that's in your name only, or you're, let's say, a single or widow or divorced person with your name and just just your name on that property, or you have your name just on a bank account, a non-registered bank account, the government is going to take one and a half percent of the market value of that. If you don't have a spouse to roll all your assets to tax-free, imagine you're 65, 70-year-old person and you've got a million dollars of RSPs or RIFs and then you die, the government's going to take 54% of that because there's no spouse to roll it over to. On a million dollars, that's $540,000. Wouldn't it be nicer to do some planning to keep that million dollars in your family or at least give that tax to charities you care about as opposed to giving it to the CRA? Listen, we live in a great country and we got to take care of things with social funding, but you know, there's just so much tax we have to pay. Uh, with the probate, when does it kick in? I thought it only kicks in at a certain level. Uh, no, I guess, well, it's, there's a, in the first $50,000, it, there's a, a there there's a certain amount. It's not very much, but anything over that, it's one and a half percent of the market value. Okay. So, uh, what are the first things to do? I know you use insurance as as a tool to keep more of your money. So, just give us an idea of how that works. Yeah. First of all, there's no cookie cutter, so it's not like you know. It's kind of like going to the doctor, Libby. You know, you, nobody can give you a prescription before a diagnostics. That's called malpractice. So each person is, is very unique. And it's really looking at things from 30,000 feet up, I would say, like holistic planning. So the first question is, do you have a will? When was it done? Was it done by a specialist or a generalist? You know, are you a U.S. citizen? You know, that has repercussions as well. Do you have a, a, a will in place? Do you have powers of attorney in place? Everyone needs two powers of attorney, you know, in case you become incapacitated. One so, for finances and one for person, for personal, personal care. care. Yeah. Correct. And that you also have to be careful that the people you've selected are geographically desirable or they're knowledgeable or they're, they're safe. You know, they can actually do the job. 
We, we see right now the biggest growth industry in the legal world is in estate litigation because so many estates are being fought over between siblings. And when there wasn't a will done, it just seems to be that everybody steps up, right? And we keep hearing about these very famous actors and actresses who are dying without wills. And their, their estates are worth, you know, millions, many, many hundreds of millions of dollars. But for the regular average Joe on the street, a regular person, civilians, we definitely have to have that looked at. And then just the last and thing. You, but it's also, I mean, you bring up a good point. If you're doing a will, you've got to tell your kids what's in it beforehand, even if, uh, you know what I mean? No surprises. How about this, Libby? How about just, you know, where is everything? Yes. One of the big things, you know, is like, okay, you might have a, that drawer. Everyone has that drawer in their house with all their stuff in it, right? But let's say a husband and wife are out traveling and there's some sort of common disaster. Would your kids know where everything is? Digital passwords. Where's the key to the safety deposit box? Are there any life insurance policies? Were they properly set up? Where's the will? I mean, most people would have no clue where this is. So we've actually created a, a, a an estate directory. It's a writable PDF at our website at wealthinsurance.com. You can download it for free. You can download an executor's duties checklist, all of that. All it takes is giving it a little attention. And there's a wonderful peace of mind that comes from getting this stuff done because it definitely rents space in our in our minds. I got to get this done. But we, as I said, we'd much rather have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's take one call. We've got Jim and Pickering. Hi, Jim. Hi. Good afternoon, Libby. Libby, I heard your previous segment, and then when you opened this segment, you said that this guest would mention um, how I've, I put a lot of work in this. I'm very well well read, versed, and experienced in a lot of these matters. But anyway, it's sort of my hobby, passion, finance, right? But you said that he would mention, and it's something I don't know, how much it does take to fund uh, that um, long-term care if you and when may need it. And i just like to know the difference between if you're well off, what it's worth, and what happens to you if you're not well off. What is the difference in hey, the care? Hey, Jim, great question. And I'm glad you brought it up because, again, it's another one of those black holes. Um, so so long-term care, first of all, is is – growing. It's prevalent because baby yeah. boomers started turning 65 in the year 2011. They say, we're going to start looking more like Century Village in Florida as a, as a country. Um, so, so really the cost for long-term care can range anywhere between, let's say, $3,000 and $10,000 a month. Okay. So very wealthy people don't have to worry about that. They've got lots of money and very poor people don't have to worry about that because there's still government services. However, the lineups are going to get big and what are people going to do? The people who really have to worry about it are the ones in between, wow. right? And, and we know that the government is going to want, they're going to need money. They can't increase taxes so much. Right now, anybody earning $220,000 a year is paying tax at 54%. How much more can they increase that? How much more can they increase taxes on gas and tobacco? and alcohol and all the rest of it. So it's going to have to come from somewhere. Right now, we don't have an inheritance tax in Canada, but certainly when it comes to long-term care, you can either fund it yourself and have the money available, or people will have to, let's say, uh, move into some of the equity in their house or sell their house, right? Or take a line of credit against it, you know, to fund that. Or they could look at using long-term care insurance as a way to take care of that black hole. And Jim, it's very interesting. We, you know, the some of the products that have come out are actually very flexible and easier and less expensive to get. So I, I suggest people do look into that. But we're also finding a lot of adult children 
are funding these policies for their older parents because ultimately they're going to be the ones responsible for coming up with the money after mom and dad run out of money for long-term care. So they're actually saying, hey, let's all chip money together and get this for mom and dad. Or as a last resort, you know, I, I grew up in a family where my family, would, my mom would want to leave money for the kids. That's for sure. So they're, they're going to hold back and not spend all their money. So right. then you might want to look at getting some life insurance. It could be joint last to die insurance on mom and dad that would pay out on the second to die of mom and dad so that this way they can spend all their money while they're in need of it or while they're alive without the concern I'm not leaving anything for my kids. And then that insurance could kick in to make sure that the funding was properly set up for long-term care. Okay, Jim, thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Mark, you wanted to talk a bit more about taxes and philanthropy. Yes. So uh, taxes, they say two realities, death and taxes. So kind of we're talking about both of those today. But taxes, you know, we all know that we pay a lot of taxes while we're alive. You know, income taxes, you've got taxes, HST and uh, all the different taxes that we're paying when we go shopping, etc. But a lot of people are not aware of the fact that there are also estate taxes that are going to be due. And and what that is, is that when if you if you have a spouse and one of the spouses dies, everything rolls over to the surviving spouse tax-free. So if you're a single widow or divorced person and you die, there is considered a disposition on your estate and the government has their hand out and they want some taxes. So what do those taxes look like? If you have any registered money, RSPs or RIFs, the government in Ontario wants 54% of that. If you have any appreciation... Not... I mean... It has to be at a certain level, obviously. Yeah, anything over $220,000, right? But, you know, again, somebody having an RSP or RIF, they're going to have more than that. So, you know, on a million dollars, it means $540,000. If they've got any appreciated uh, um, investment real estate other than their principal residence, or they've got an appreciation in their non-registered bank account, the government's going to want 27% of any of the gains of that. If you have a company, an investment company, you've got money sitting in there, you know, the government's going to want somewhere around 50% of that. So you can be sitting there feeling kind of good, like, oh, look at all this money I have. But when you sort of look at it really closely, it kind of is going to be worth, you know, 25 to 50% less. So the key is to do some planning now while the sun is shining to use things like tax exempt insurance to be able to preserve the estate that you built for your family or for your favorite children. Now, here's, here's uh, one thing I realized about my own savings because I've always been very diligent RSPs, saves taxes. And then I looked at it and I thought, oh, I'm putting all this money into RSPs uh, to the detriment of uh, tax-free savings accounts and and everything, not that I plan on retiring, but anything at that point uh, is going to be taxed. I should I should have a tax-free stream, shouldn't I? Yeah, I, I agree. I think what this comes down to, Libby, is most people in Canada have done investing but they haven't done any planning. Planning is very different. Planning is making sure like, if I say I want to retire at age 65, let's make sure you have a check mark that you can actually get there based on a whole bunch of assumptions. That will also help you understand what your taxes are going to be due now or at life expectancy. And many people have what we call never spend money, money they're never going to spend that they're basically just the custodian on for their kids, but they're also partnering with Revenue Canada on that money. So if we can take some of that money and use it to preserve the estate for family, Without it impacting your lifestyle, why wouldn't somebody do that? So how do you do that? 
you need to sit down with a professional planner, a certified financial planner. We work with a lot of investment companies that are more institutional or pension-like, where they'll look at things like that. It's not just investing money in the markets and stock markets and mutual funds. It's about doing planning. So it's a different approach. Why? Because it's about preserving what you have. It's about getting the maximum income you can as you get to retirement and also looking at tax efficiency. So that's a different conversation. Uh, how do you use insurance? Yeah, so there aren't a lot of shelters left in Canada other than your principal residence. When you buy it and sell it, you don't pay taxes. And other than a TFSA, right, or lottery winnings, you know, those are all tax-free. But part of the Tax Act is also life insurance, tax-exempt life insurance. It has the ability to be able to use small dollars today in the forms of premiums to be able to receive 100 cent dollars down the road that can be used to have the liquidity to pay those estate taxes or to leave more money for inheritances or to do some very nice legacy gifting to charities that you might care about. Okay, so that's interesting. I think most people don't know that. Uh, we've got a question from Rita in Guelph. Hi, Rita. Hi, how are you? Fine. Go ahead. Um, I re- we recently lost our father. Sorry to hear ago. that. Thank you. And um, he left the will. He left everything, but it was we knew nothing about what was in it. Um, and all his passwords were in like Oh, a series amount of books, and we were trying to go through it, and we're still sorting through. You had mentioned something online that we can download and actually fill in this information. Yeah, we have. Uh, at, that? Yeah, at our website, we at wealthinsurance.com, we have an estate. Algonquin Insurance? No, Wealth Insurance. W E A L T. Wealth Insurance. Okay, sorry. Wealthinsurance.com, you can download a uh, writable PDF estate directory, and everything's okay. in there, bank accounts, who's your lawyer, the accountants, where are wills, life insurance policies, and we recommend that people complete that and put it in a place that somebody other than your spouse knows its whereabouts at all times. I agree 100%. Your situation that I've... you mentioned was is very not uncommon. Unfortunately, we hear it far too often. And part of the planning right. is also making sure that, as Libby said, communicating what you've done to your children, because you don't want them to now become forensics experts trying to find out what did you have in mind. And the, the oh. password thing, I mean, it's kind of a new thing for a lot of people to... That's wrap right. their heads around the passwords and, and uh, you know, um, uh, Facebook and Google are not going to let your kids in. Well, I see on yeah. LinkedIn, I, I see some people who still have LinkedIn profile, profiles that I know who have been dead for many years, but clearly oh, nobody's, oh, going in, nobody's going in there. And I'm still getting these anniversary notices saying, wish so-and-so a happy anniversary. On the, oh, and I'm like, hey, he's been dead for five years, but somebody should take and it in- down. Interesting. No uh, bookstores carry anything like this because I've been hunting them down. Well, there's actually a friend of mine, Sharon Hartung. Sharon Hartung came out with a fantastic book on digital passwords. And if you send me an email to mark at wealthinsurance.com, I'll be happy to send you a copy of that book. Okay. It's a fantastic book on digital assets. Okay, Rita. Thanks for that. Thank you guys. Yeah. um, Writing and recording everything. I know it's a big concern for people. And uh, one thing I I remember about my mother, um, she was so organized with everything. And I remember, you know, towards the end of her life, visiting her and every time like she'd say no okay now i have to show you exactly where everything is and how and much libby did you want to hear about that zero. not at all mom Absolutely. Uh, no. you're not going anywhere yeah. i don't need to know yeah. everything's yeah. gonna be okay 
Yeah, it's and it, and unfortunately, that's an irresponsible approach. Adult kids have to realize that their parents are going to go someplace, and the time to deal with, with all of this stuff is while the sun is shining. And right, and while they can deal with it, because they might lose the ability to deal with it long before they go. Correct. 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 Charity. You want to talk about charity as well? Do we, have uh, a- we have like uh, about a minute, a minute and a bit. It's an important okay, great. topic. Very important. So each one of us has three possible beneficiaries to our estate. You have family, you have charity, and then you've got the tax department. And each of us can pick two of those beneficiaries. Most people would say, I'll take family and charity. So there's wonderful ways with some planning to be able to be remembered for leaving a large check check to your favorite charities as opposed to writing a check to the tax department. And all that takes is a little bit of planning on each of our parts. Give us a hint. Yeah. So mm. it could very well be, if, as I said, if you're single, widowed, or divorced, instead of having your beneficiaries of that, let's say, million dollar or $500,000 riff just to your family, where the family is going to get a haircut on that of 54%, right? So you could go ahead and make the beneficiary donation of that at charity or charities, in which case the charity gets all of it, government gets none of it, and then you can make some other arrangements for your kids through the use of tax-exempt insurance, et cetera, to make sure they get more than they would have gotten with the half on that money. Even just changing your will, putting in a bequest, you know, a gift and a will of a percentage amount or dollar amount to charity. For every $2 of that you give to charity, it saves you $1 of tax. So if imagine somebody has a $100,000 tax bill, you give $200,000 to charity, now there's no taxes and you're remembered for giving $200,000 to charity as opposed to $100,000 to the tax department. Okay, I think we have uh, about a minute left. What else would you like to leave us with? Yeah, I just say that I had a friend, uh, unfortunately, he, uh, he contacted me, he heard me speak at an event and he had a $3 million tax Bill. He was in his late seventies. He was a Holocaust survivor and he asked me for some help to be able to do something for charity. So we did a whole bunch of work on that. It was looking great. We were going to create this beautiful capital gift. And I contacted Nick and unfortunately he told me he was in the hospital. He'd had a heart attack. And then the week after that, I noticed the announcement in the, in the newspaper that he, he had died and his funeral was the next day. I went to that funeral. It was a very small gathering. There was no wife and no children. And I thought to myself, poor Nick, you know, $3 million is going to the government. And he couldn't even create his $3 million beautiful legacy that, you know, would have been so beautiful. It's for all him. going to the government? All the $3 million. Why? Because we think that we have lots of time. And there's always going to be an ability to do this. But as, as we said, Libby, don't, don't waste time. You know, every day it's like you only live once, the YOLO effect. And it really is just set an appointment. Give us a call if you'd like. Contact us at marketwealthinsurance.com. We'll be happy to set you up with any of the advisors we work with across the country to make sure that you get things organized in a way that you're going to be happy and get the peace of mind you deserve. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Mark Halpern. We'll have to uh, continue this conversation at some point because <laughs> <laughs> we do want to talk about it. Thank you so much. Pleasure, Libby. Thank you for having me. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.